Before we start, let's, let's all just uh, let's, let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this week. You've been so good to us. Father, our camp has been awesome. Just pray that each of us could turn to you. Lord, as the teens sang, as we listen, pray that your Holy Spirit would be present, that you'd work in this place in a really mighty way. Pray it in Jesus' name. Um, I brought an onion. It's in a Ziploc, but if I get teary-eyed, it's the onion's fault. <laughs> as, I was, uh, as I was thinking about what to, uh, what to preach about and praying that the Lord would reveal it to me, uh, one of the things that came to mind was, uh, was a place that we visited just before we, we got here. Um, anybody know the Flight 93 Memorial? It's the, uh, it's that two th- and, um, on the September 11th, the, the flight that never made it to its destination, uh, the one that crashed in the hills of Pennsylvania. And uh, one of the things that I was thinking about was, what if, uh, what if one of us was in that plane? See, um, as uh, as we're on that, as we're reading, as we're there at that temporary memorial, and we're reading what was going on. Um, right, they found out that the terrorists were on board. Uh, they found out that, uh, that the other terrorists had crashed their plane into the, into the Twin Towers. And uh, I, was, I, was, I was reading that. I was kind of cool with that. And then I started reading the transcripts of the phone calls, you know, because everybody was able to use the, the phones that were in the back of the seat to make their call. Hey, um, don't, uh, don't, put your, don't do that. Okay, that's totally not cool. Thanks. Um, they were able to use their phones to call the people that they loved. So would you lie to your mom if you were on that plane? How many would have lied to their mom that everything was okay if they knew they had five minutes to live, most likely, and there was nothing they could do about it? that the plane that they were on was probably going to crash. I don't know. Would you lie to your mom? No, mom, everything's going to be all right. And I was glad I was wearing sunglasses (laughs) because I started getting choked up. And as I was thinking about us here tonight, would you be on that plane, and would you be saying, you know, let's take those terrorists out. Let's get that cart and let's crash it through the door. Let's take out those terrorists. Let's boil some water in the galley, and let's throw it on the terrorist. If you had five minutes left, what would you do? I don't know, what would you do? If you had five minutes left. I was, uh, I was talking to some, to some girls from my church, and if I get it wrong, if I get the story wrong, forgive me. Um, but uh, there's a girl who was student body president who committed suicide. 
If I remember the story correct. Student body president. Is that right? Was it student body president? St student council president? I wonder what's going on in her mind. What's going on inside? What goes on inside to get to the point that it's so horrible that I'm going to kill myself? I mean, I was thinking about myself. I was thinking about the times when I was younger and I was a geek. Um, I wasn't really popular when I was in grade school. Uh, I was overweight. I was the big kid, you know, like, towered over everybody, but had no athletic ability whatsoever. So I was the one that was picked last um, for every sport. Would that be enough? I'm telling you, it's going to make me cry. Um, being the geek, being the bookworm. I read all the Nancy Drew books, if anybody knows what Nancy Drew is. By the time I finished fifth grade, because I had read all the Hardy Boys books and all the other books um, that existed in our school library. So by the time I got to fifth grade, I was on Nancy Drew, and I finished the Nancy Drew. They're not bad. They got that girl spin to them, but they're not that bad. <laughs> um, you know, when I turned 14, I kind of starved myself. Um, my mom didn't, at some point, she kind of put an end to it because when I collapsed in the middle of the night going to the bathroom uh, and, and collapsed right by the stairs and almost fell down the stairs, um, she said I had to eat. I was so worried about how I looked that I was starving myself. I was thin, though. I got thinner, got taller. Um, it's amazing what thinness does to you. I got a little better at sports. I was never as good as my brothers. My brothers stink because they're natural athletes. Um, they both take after my dad. It's my dad's fault. Um, I had to work three times as hard as my brothers to, to get good at sports. But I got good. I was really good at volleyball for a while. I'm not bad at basketball. Um, I could play tennis. Uh, started traveling. Um, church. Got a lot of friends. Crazy thing was, though, when I was like 17, there were times when I was crying myself to sleep. Anybody cry themselves to sleep? No? Liars. No. <laughs> um, just a few people had the guts to raise their hand. I felt so alone. I had, I remember at one point, talk about guy egos, um, my friend and I counted the number of girls that we liked and that we knew. 
and I was like at a hundred and something. <laughs> that was our marriage list. <laughs> Guys have such big egos. I was crying myself to sleep at night because through all that, I was empty. I wonder if that's what that girl killed herself felt. I like to eat onions, by the way. Onion sandwiches are the best. My mom owns a restaurant, and back when I was at the restaurant, uh, you take a piece of bread, put some butter on it, take a bunch of raw onion, just put it on that, on that bread and just eat it. It was so good. Can't do it anymore. <laughs> My wife says I'm not allowed to get close to her if I eat onions. <laughs> the cool thing about onions um, is that they're a lot like us. And they smell bad. <laughs> they make you cry. And as I peel this away, it gets harder and harder to peel away these different layers of the onion. What do you get when you're all done peeling it away? Anybody know? Hey, guys. What do you get? Yeah, but you know what? You can keep peeling that bulb away, too. And when you're done peeling, when you're done peeling the bulb, there's nothing, no, no seed in there. There's nothing. There's nothing. And isn't that like us? It kind of stinks. Uh, Joe was talking about, on, on that sermon, when he had his, about are we the sum of our experiences? I'd say we're not the sum of our experiences. We're the sum of the masks that we put on. You know, maybe this one is the bookworm mask and the one that... that I was totally by myself. Nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody wanted to pick me to be on the team. But you know what? I didn't need anybody anyway. Just forget you all. Who needs you? Just a bunch of cliques, a bunch of jocks. I can do it on my own. Am I the jock? Yeah, I'm so good at sports. Watch me. I can bench 300 pounds. Who cares? It's funny that when I could, I never benched 300 pounds. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> but even when I was good, I was empty. The sum of who we are is all these masks. And when you peel away the masks, when we peel away the facades that we put up to protect ourselves, there's nothing left. Which is pretty cool. 
pretty cool because then God can fill us. Give me just a second. I need to wipe my hands because if I touch my Bible, my Bible's going to smell like onions for the next month. Um, but if you turn, for those of you that have your Bible, turn to Psalm 139. Brought some serious cleaning solution here. Psalm 139 together. O Lord, and listen to this. This is actually really cool. I I have a good chunk of this passage underlined in my Bible. It really talks about who we are and how God knows us. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Maybe before we continue... um, do you guys know that God loves you? Everybody buy into the fact that God loves them. I mean, for those of you that believe in God, how many people believe that God loves them? All right. I mean, if you don't believe in God, maybe we can work on that too. But God does love you. Okay, so when, we, when we're reading this passage, take that on as the, as the premise, under, the underlying value that God loves you. Thou compasseth my path, and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word in my tongue, but lo, Lord, thou knowest it altogether. God knows you. All these masks, the onion, God knows you. You know, we put on the barrier. We try to protect ourselves. We try to hide ourselves. We try to show that we are all right on our own, that we don't need people, that we don't need God, that that we can be okay with just our friends. God sees through it. Thou hast beset me behind and before. Now this verse is awesome. Okay, thou hast beset me. That means you've approached me from behind. You've approached me from the front. And look at what he says. And laid thine hand on me. You know that the Lord has laid his hand on you. Guys, girls, the Lord has laid his hand on you. He's approached you. He knows you. And he comes to you. He lays his hand on you. And on me. He loves us. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I can't attain to it. Whither shall I go from your spirit? Whither shall I flee from your presence? You know, we run from God. We try to hide from God. We try to build these masks. We say we don't need him. We say, when we're convicted, we walk out. 
when he touches us, we ignore him. David, David has gone through it and he says, where am I going to go from you? How am I going to hide from you? Whither shall I go from your presence? If I ascend, if I, ascend, if I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. It's the God who loves you. If I say, this is great, remember Joe's analogy? Uh, remember Joe's analogy where he said his kids like to play in the dark and, and do the, wear all the black clothes and play hide-and-seek in the black room? Um, if I take the... Uh, sorry. Um, wow, somebody's got some serious issues going on. <laughs> Maybe we need to invite him into our sermon here. <laughs> Um, sorry, let's get back on track. Remember the, the hide-and-seek in the dark with the black clothes? Listen to what David says. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me. Even the night shall be light about me. You know what? I can hide in the dark. To God, the dark is light. You think you can run from God? You know, the, the, the young sister last night, that ran away from it all, God was there. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. That's what I know. I see it. I recognize it, that I am wonderfully and fearfully made. God says, David says that God knew him in his mother's womb. He knows you. You're hiding. You know, we're all hiding. We all put on the barriers. Christians, non-Christians. We want to look independent. We want to look good. We all want something else. We want to be visible and seen and appear a certain way. God knows who you really are. He sees through the masks. And he loves you. He loves you. He loves you for who you are. He loves you for the potential that you have. He loves you because he knew you. And he knows you. And he's laid his hands on you. And he's kept you and protected you. When you've done stupid things, he's protected you. When you were idiots, he's protected you. When you ran and hid and ignored the call, he's protected you. He loves you. How do you respond? 
How do you respond to it? How many are Christians? How many want to be Christians? So what's keeping you? I was talking to somebody um, and saying, you have no idea how awesome it is. I can talk about it, but I can't really explain it. Take the plunge. He knows you. This is what David says. If we turn to the end of this chapter, this is underlined as well. (laughs) Uh, And we know this one. This is a song that we sing. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. Yea, lead me in the way everlasting. What is your response to Jesus? What is your response to the conviction of the Holy Spirit? If you're a Christian, are you walking the way you should be? Are you worried about how people, are, how people look at you? Are you worried about the guys? Are you worried about the girls? Are you worried about how many points you make? Are you worried about looking funny, being cool? You know, I was... Uh, I was talking to a mom a while ago, and uh, she was having a discussion with her son. He's a Christian. Um, and they were going back and forth about the way he looked. And uh, just imagine, for those of you that are moms, and have ever had conversations about what you're wearing or what you're not wearing, um, how those conversations have gone. And it's amazing how we get the slips of the tongue sometimes. In um, some point in this conversation, the young Christian goes to his mom um, and says, what about self-expression? What about self-expression? Can't I express myself? Okay, so for a parent, that's a great lead-in. I mean, that's a, that's a really honest thing for someone to say in a conversation with their mom. But if you think about it, it's a real dumb thing to say <laughs> to your mom. Uh, but on the level of honesty, what about self-expression? Let me ask you this. I've, I've kind of set it up a little bit, but as Christians... Do we have self-expression? For those of you that want to be Christians, or those of you that are Christians, let's make this a little more interactive. Do, we, do Christians have self-expression? Who wants a risk? Who wants a risk? What's that? Do we have self-expression as Christians? Like, is in anything? Anything. Self-expression. Having a fish on your car, or um, self-expression is in you know what I'm wearing. Uh, having self-expression that I want to put a piece of jewelry in my ear. Um, self-expression that I feel like piercing my tongue. 
self-expression that I want to put a tattoo on. I'm, and, you know, I'm just, I'm making these up at random right now. But do we as Christians have self-expression, if you want to be a Christian? Okay, so you're saying Christians should have self-expression yeah. through their actions. Okay, anybody else? Well, you should dress modest and like have not like have like others like lust over you and stuff. Okay. Good. Like, a Christian is your number one goal should be to be a witness to others that are non-Christians, and that should become yourself. And therefore, you expressing yourself is directly showing others God's love. Yeah, right. That's amen. A Christian has no self. We've taken on Jesus Christ. What's a Christian's expression? It's Jesus. The ultimate expression for a Christian is Jesus. Are you expressing Jesus? Am I? Expressing Jesus. Now that's tough, because as the young man up there said, we want to express ourselves. What did the Apostle Paul say? I die how often? Daily. Daily. The Apostle Paul struggled with, in some form, his own expression. How many of you, since most everybody has raised their hand, how many of you have ever dreamed of doing something awesome for the kingdom? Like daydreamed, thought about it? Anybody? Anybody thought about doing something awesome for Jesus? Like I was sharing in, just briefly in, in, uh, in the forum this, this morning that when I was a young man, like you'll laugh at this, um, when I was younger, I'm still kind of young, I'm, still, I'm only 40. Um, <laughs> my brother told me that's, that's young for a tree. Um, <laughs> When I was younger, I daydreamed, I had these dreams, these visions about starting a mission in downtown Phoenix, a basketball mission, where I'd set it up, I'd buy an old building, I'd, I'd tear down a part of it, and I'd set up a basketball court, and, I'd, and I'd, I'd get young guys to play basketball with me, um, and, uh, and teach them about Jesus at the same time. Don't ask me why Phoenix. My brother and sister-in-law in Phoenix. Um, right now, I don't think that's what God wants me. But that was my daydream back then. Who's had some visions of what they could do for the kingdom? Some people raised their hand. What was your? What was? What do you imagine? Well, I've been blessed with some musical ability. Okay. So through music, excellent. Who else? Come on, more people raise their hands. What did you dream about? To go on a mission trip. To, mission trip, to share Jesus, to help people. Have, what else? Anybody else? Work with young Christians. You know, I, for the longest time, I mean, I, I had a, a true passion for young Christians as well. I, I still do. But I'm finding that my, that kind of as I'm getting a little older, uh, 
what, I'm, what my mission is, is shifting a little bit. But I want to share something with you. Um, because most of you have raised your hands. We've only got a couple kids that are sleeping. Um, <laughs> sorry, he's right. <laughs> can't help it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, since most of you have raised your hands and said you want to be Christians or are Christians, um, I want to share something with you. I want to show you the story of a young man. I want to share the story of a young man. Yeah. I became a minister in a church instead. God had a different role for me. I, it was, I, I don't know, maybe someday the basketball mission will still happen. Every once in a while. But I see the... Dude, this could get really long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I see the role in, in how God has shaped my life, even though I, the basketball mission is the one thing. Um, I've always, as I got old, as, as I became a Christian, had a desire to serve God. Not, not patting myself on the back, and I think we all do. You become a Christian, you have a passion, you want to serve God. You want to do what you can for him. Man, I had my ups and downs. I had my broken times as a Christian. But through it, as God was shaping me, um, just getting me involved in a church, he was getting me in positions of teaching Sunday school, teaching Bible class. Uh, I attend Beverly Hills. I'm a minister there. And he's just taking me down a different road. But maybe. It'd be kind of cool. Although the way I play basketball now would be. <laughs> wouldn't work so well. <laughs> um, anyway, we can talk more. I can share my testimony. With any of you that want, I can show you my, my testimony, the whole train thing, um, all kinds of stuff that's happened in my life that have been really kind of dumb on my part. I got hit by a train. Um, all kinds of stuff has happened in my life. So, <laughs> What's that? Can you summarize that? <laughs> can I summarize I, uh, I was crossing railroad tracks in a small car, and I didn't look, and a train hit me traveling at 60 miles an hour on my driver's side door. Pushed my car for 300 yards, took them 45 minutes to cut me out. Um, I don't remember a thing. And I was in the hospital for a week because they couldn't believe there was nothing wrong with me. <laughs> a tire iron went through the gas tank at some point during the push. Um, because when I got out of the hospital and went to get my, car, get my radio out of my car, because that was the, my most important possession at the time, um, uh, I noticed that in the collapsed car, in the mangled mass, that a tire was sticking out the back seat. I, have a, I had an old, really small car, Toyota Corolla, 78 Toyota Corolla, um, which was about the size of an Escort, or sorry, a Focus, um, Ford Focus, for those of you for today. And uh, the gas tank was behind the back seat, not under the back seat, not under the trunk, but it was behind the back seat. So the only way for the tire to get through the back seat was to go through the gas tank. Um, so 300 yards, tire iron through the gas, locomotive hitting its brakes, metal on metal, no sparks or no fire, um, nothing wrong with me other than the way I am. Um, and uh, that's, yeah, so anyway, lots of stories. Um, 
lots of dumb things that I did. Young man, young man who's passionate about serving God. Uh, true story, totally true story. He, uh, he gets to do a Sunday night talk at his church. First time. He's geeked. He's excited that he's going to get to do this. He starts to prepare. Um, kind of, you know, he's on the schedule, so he knows that it's coming up, and he's excited that it's his first time, and he's preparing. And uh, um, in the meantime, the church schedules like a 25th anniversary dinner for that night. And the ministers decide that, uh, that they should have somebody more experienced do it. So they tell the young brother that, that you know, even though it's his first, it's his first time, it's going to be a lot of visitors, they're going to have somebody else do it. Think it was right? How many people think that that was the right call? How many people think they should have let him do it? So, uh, the young man gets ticked off. Jumps in his car, squeals out of the parking lot, um, pulls out onto the road, um, gravel being thrown all over the place, tires squealing, takes off. Um, drives until the, until the road doesn't go any further. Um, it was a while, I'm assuming. Actually, it was a while. Uh, finally, when the road stops and he can't go any further, he turns around and comes back. Did he just validate the leadership's point? He sure did, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, so the young guy's me. Um, you know, we want to serve God. We, we want to go on the mission trips. We want to use music. Uh, we want to work in the lives of young people. We have all these ideas. For the longest time, uh, anybody know First Timothy? What he tells, what what Apostle Paul tells Timothy about the youth? Let no man what? What was it? Let no man despise thy youth. Man, I lived on that verse. I hung everything on that verse. Let no man despise my youth. Don't let anybody put me down for my faith, for the things that I want to do for the kingdom. Do not put it down. Who are you to put down me and what, what God is telling me to do? I just chose to kind of ignore the rest of what Paul was telling Timothy. What's the second half of the verse? Anybody know? 
What? To who? But be thou an example of a believer. Be an example. Who are we? Who are you? Are you the self-righteous, self-expressing Christian? Who are you going to be when you become a Christian? Apostle Paul tells Timothy, don't let anyone put down your faith. And actually, what he's saying is don't give anybody the opportunity. Don't let anybody give, don't let anybody have the opportunity to put down your faith. Instead, be an example. Let's, let's turn to that. It's in 1 Timothy. Chapter 4, verse 12. Apostle Paul tells Timothy, Let no man despise thy youth. Let no man look down upon your youth. But be thou an example of the believers. Be thou an example of believers in what? In word? Sorry, it's hard to read in here. In conversation? In charity? What else? In You know what conversation is? Well, yeah, we know what conversation is, right? We're just, it's talking. We're doing it right now. Um, what does the King James mean when it says conversation? It's actually a different definition than what we take today. The definition is a manner of life. It's the way I live. The conversation is my life. Let no man put down your youth. Guys, girls, as you become Christians, if you are Christians, you've... Most of you raised your hands. You've had dreams. You want to serve the kingdom. You want to do some great things for Jesus Christ. You want to live for him. You want to die for him. He knows you. You want to be empty at some point and let him fill you like we talked about today in class, being filled with the Holy Ghost. Doing amazing things. Apostle Paul tells Timothy, be an example in what you say in word, in your manner of life, in your spirit, and in your faith, in your purity. Right? If you're going to be real, you've got to be real all the way. It's not just about singing. I mean, I, it's great. I love that. I love the fact that that's your passion. Go with it. Unless the Lord leads you elsewhere. But it's not just about the singing. It's not just about the way you look at church. It's everything. It's everything. Apostle Paul continues. How many of you read, by the way? Not just read, but actually read the Bible. Right. Look at what he says. Verse 13. Somebody read it. The light right here is really bad, so I, it's, I have a hard time seeing it. Somebody read verse 13. So, so I come, give it. Depend then to be, be faithful to the church. So until I come, Apostle. 
Apostle Paul says, you know what? Pay attention. Give effort to your reading. Guys, how often are we reading? Who honestly? Now, you, you got to be honest with me. Reads every day. Awesome. So maybe a dozen. More than once a week. That's actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. That's awesome. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I'm sorry? Oh, yeah, I mean at home, not in church. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> How many people have a personal reading, personal study, at least once a week, more than once a week? Tend to your reading. To exhortation, which is actually preaching. Anybody preach? How many preachers do we have? Just two? You know what? You guys are in school. Oh, three. <laughs> Amen. That's right. We're all preachers. If you're a Christian... Aren't you, you shouldn't you be sharing the gospel? He says, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which is given to thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands by the presbytery, by your leaders. Remember? Um, you guys know about laying on of hands in church? For those of you that are, that are Christians, that have been baptized, you know about it. Have you embraced the fact that the Spirit is in you and living? Apostle Paul says, man, embrace that gift that's in you that was given to you by the laying on of hands. Are we? I just want to, I didn't want to just make this a, you know, a hellfire and brimstone sermon. I didn't want it just to be, you guys are going to hell and, and you got to wake up and, and and smell the coffee, and, and become Christians. I know my own aspirations when I was your age. I know the struggles that you've gone through, just like Michael was saying earlier this week. I've been there. I'm 40, but things haven't changed that much. I know that you have a desire to serve Jesus, that you have a desire to spread the gospel, what I want to encourage you is to, to go in it. But don't go part way. Go all the way. Be an example. Don't let anybody have the opportunity to put you down. You know, when I squealed out of that parking lot, I was basically just setting myself up to, for, them, for the ministers to say, we were right. We were right. Look at them. And they were. Unfortunately, they were right. I felt the way you felt. I felt that it was mine to do. But obviously, I wasn't ready for it. I had an attitude. I want you to be examples. I want you to, to there is so much power. There's so, you know, I'm so, I am, I'm so ill-equipped to be talking to you. 
because there is so much potential in this room. You guys have so much energy. There is so much opportunity. There is so much power, potential power in this room. I just want you to use it. Be an example of what a believer should be. Be such an example that no one can say anything. You know, one thing I forgot to talk about. Um, in Psalm 139, uh, when David is, is writing this psalm, he talks about hating those that hate God. And I was thinking about us and how often our friendships take precedence over our relationship with God. Does your friendship with somebody take precedence over your relationship with God? Or are you willing, if you're a Christian, to walk away from a friendship for the sake of God? David, I hate them with a perfect hatred, with the utmost hatred. I count them as enemies. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me the way everlasting. If you're empty, the last thing, please. Suicide's not an option. God loves you. If you're alone, if you're feeling alone, and you're crying yourself to sleep, I, I can vouch for it because I was there. I had to cry quietly, by the way, because my brother was in the bed next to me. Um, but uh, I can tell you that life in Jesus is awesome. It's been called the great adventure. It is. I'm just putting the call out. God loves you. He knows you. He's, he's put his hands on you. He's protected you. So come to him. Ask him. Search me. Show me who I am. Lead me to the way everlasting. And if you're already a Christian, be an example. There's no, there's no, there's, there is no self-expression in us. We are the expression of the living God. That's who we are.
Let's just show it. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you know each and every one here. Lord, you know them. You know them better than they know themselves. You've known them since before they were born. Father, you know me. You know all of us the same way. Just want to pray, Father, that, that tonight that everyone in here would realize and would understand just what the implications of that are. Lord, pray that, that, you, would, that you would reveal yourself in a mighty way and that each of us, each of us, would take on the challenge of living for you, would come to you and seek you, would repent of our wicked ways, Father. Help us to repent. Show us who we are. Show us that we need you. Show us who we are before you. And Lord, I just pray that, that you would give us the courage to come, to not be afraid, to not walk out, to, to not ignore the conviction to not ignore those hands that you're placed on us right now, but that we would come to you. We come to you, Lord. Lord, just help us. Give us the courage to be who you want us to be and who you've made us to be. The desires that are in our heart, Lord, towards you, you know them. You've placed them there. So, Father, just... Just give us a way to make them reality. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. And for those that were sleeping or, or coming in late, I hope I didn't make too much fun of you. Uh, it was just, just a little bit fun. <laughs>